Welcome to the Illuminate Your Essence podcast, where we cut through the distractions, programs, and stories that have created chaos in your life and discover the truth, bliss, and joy that exists beyond the external clutter and resides within. Welcome back, my friends, to Illuminate Your Essence. My name is Wendy Bunnell. Today, we're talking about sister friends. As women, we yearn for them. We thrive with them, and yet many of us drive them out of our lives. So we're going to discuss why. Why is it that so many of us struggle with sister friends? Some of you out there are going, "Uh uh-uh, not me. I love my sister friends, and I applaud you. But I hear more often than not that there are so many sister wounds, And the stories from yesterday cast a shadow over what we yearn for today. And basically, because of this, we feel lonely. We feel like we must be different from everyone around us. And we look for proof to support those stories. I mean, think about it. You sit down at church and you notice that no one sits next to us. Go to a party and realize that no one is gravitating towards us making eye contact and wanting to be in our presence. And so we shrink and we feel like there has to be a reason. And so we disconnect. And because it's easier to avoid numb and distract than it is to try once again and get the same reaction, we start to disassociate. We just don't even try anymore. We just think, well, my life is not about sister friends. I will just focus on my children. I will just focus on my husband. And I think a little piece of us will never stop yearning for those connections. And I remember this feeling. Oh, my sisters, I remember this feeling. And my heart hurts for you. I just want to wrap you in my sister arms and rock you gently, reminding you that we have always been right here waiting for you to open your heart once again. And I want you to know I see you, I hear you, I do my best to understand you, and I embrace you. And I also realize that the only thing keeping you from connecting is the very story you cling so tightly to. The story that perhaps maybe your story is that the women are catty, they're mean, they're backbiting, they aren't true friends, they never make time for you. You make time for them, they don't make time for you. And that story that you can't make friends, the story that says that you aren't someone that anyone wants to be around. And what you don't notice is that story shows up with you everywhere. You don't notice the way you walk into a room. You keep your eyes downward. You pretend to be occupied with your phone, your kids, anything to let someone know that you feel alone, anything to not allow someone to see that you feel alone. You want to pretend that nothing is bothering you and that you're distracted, but inside you want to run and hide and go home so you can feel alone while being alone because nothing feels more lonely than being in a room full of people and not being seen. That energy of being afraid is carried into that room and filters through it like a plague. The very belief that no one wants to be around you is picked up by those around you, and you attract the very fear of not being enough and not being seen. How do I know this? Because I've lived this, because I have felt this. So how is it that I now have so many friends 
that the only thing I ever feel is a little guilty about not making time for all of them and that it's really hard to juggle so many close relationships. Wow, isn't that a cool thing to go from feeling so alone, even a room full of people, to having such a huge tribe that I miss them and I wish that I had more time for them. And I want you to think of this old saying, vibe attracts your tribe. It's true. It's true, my friends. You attract the people that support your beliefs, your stories, your attitude, and your inner dialogue. So I'm going to start with my first belief in my story. This is where it all began for me. I remember when I was eight years old, I attended a sleepover party with like 25 friends. I lived in New York, just outside the city. And I was really kind of a a little bit different. I was a Mormon girl and all my friends were Catholic, Jewish, or just didn't attend church. And And so I already felt a little bit different. And while I lay pretending to sleep, I saw a group of girls pretending to be like me and my best friend. And they were acting and laughing and and all of the kids around them were laughing too. I can't remember feeling so ashamed, so mortified. I cried in my sleeping bag all night long. I was just These were people who pretended to be my friends, pretended to be there for me on the playground at school What I was in sixth grade or maybe fifth grade. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But all I can remember is how mortified I felt. And the dialogue from that point forward was girls are mean, girls are vindictive, girls don't see what they mean. They simply say mean things behind your back. And I carried the story around for me for a very long time, looking for support about this story and looking at all of those signs that the story was remaining true. Nobody sits by you at church. Nobody comes up to you at a party. You go into a group of people and people don't even see you, right? And I just carried it around for a long time, looking for support about the story. And so it didn't surprise me that the friends that I attracted were mean, would backpipe me, and were catty because that was my story. Those are the people who showed up to support my story. And once I got married, I focused on my family and my life. And I just simply avoided interacting with women unless it was my sister-in-laws or it was my own sisters. And even then I would see some of them talk behind the other's back. And I started to realize and think that this is simply what women do. This is how they do life. And I just didn't like it. Years later, I would start to go down the road of personal development and learn how to change my thoughts so I could create a different life and different story and a different dialogue. I started to realize that everything I was seeing in others was simply a projection and a mirror of what I was doing myself. Was I mean to myself? (laughs) Absolutely. I said things to myself that I wouldn't dare utter to another human. Was I unsupportive? Oh, heck yeah. I was always last on the list. Everyone else's needs came way before my needs. And how about vindictiveness? How many times would I self-sabotage myself and not doing something, like not do something my heart was passionate about? How many times was everybody else more important than me? And honestly, how could I trust others when I couldn't even trust myself, especially not myself? So I decided to change my story. I started showing up for myself. I started to keep my word. And if I told myself I would do something, I would do it and commit to it as much as 
I would for anyone else. And I started to see myself different. I didn't have the need for someone outside of myself to validate me because I validated myself on a daily basis. And I want you guys to know this wasn't like overnight. Okay. You don't unprogram something that has been so deeply rooted in your heart and your soul just overnight. It was baby steps. It was the next book, the next way of discovering what I was thinking, becoming the observer, starting to see myself as a spirit and a soul more than this body and human experience. And I started to see what I was thinking and going, wow, well, that's pretty warped. And, uh, or I would even laugh, wow, you're a funny little story maker, aren't you, Wendy? (laughs) And I didn't need someone else to love me. I would receive love, but I didn't yearn for it because I knew I could provide the love along with the divine and there was a never ending supply. And guess what? I started looking up when I entered a room. I started looking, looking at people in the eye, inviting them to approach me. I looked confident because I felt confident and people are attracted to confidence. They want to be around high vibration. They want to feel good. They yearn to feel good. And so women started to connect with me once again. They were excited to be with me. And my heart was opening to receive their love and give love back. And I started to have sister friends once again. This time it was the right friends. Friends that show up for me. Friends that make time for me friends that I know are a soft place to land, no matter what is going on in my life. Those are the friends. And you know, what's so beautiful is that we have a rule in my friend group that there is no gossip. There is only support. There is only lifting each other up. And if anybody brings an idea to the table that they're excited about, we are to celebrate with them. Even if inside we're like, well, good luck with that. We celebrate, we encourage, we cheer, we advocate, and they do it in return. And it's not because of me looking different getting different clothes, getting a different house, getting a different car. It's because I am different. And I changed my story. My story was no longer that women were catty and backbiting and mean. Now they still exist out there. I'm not going to tell you they don't exist, but they're not attracted into my life. And I actually have some really beautiful boundaries. I can love them. I can have compassion for them. I can understand how they got where they're at because <laughs> I was there too. Because I was also the one that was talking behind other people's back. Let's just be honest and, and be authentic. I was not always showing up in my highest and best because I did not feel my highest and best. I felt small. I felt inadequate. I felt not good enough. Okay. So I started to have sister friends again. And the emotional baggage of yesterday was disposed of and left me open to moving forward with ease and joy and love. And those emotions have invited them to come back to me. Now my sisters are one of my most cherished connections in this life. It was my sisters that held space for me to heal sexually and allow the last bit of energetic ties with my violators to disappear into the light 
and the love they provided me. It was my sisters that allowed me to hold a mirror each time the old ugly thoughts would appear in my mind, reminding me that I was indeed fully divine. Just living in a human existence? I believe that one of the most important parts of healing is finding a community of people that will support and hold space for that healing. And I also believe that your sisters can be a huge part in that healing, but you need to let them in. I implore you to start working on yourself so that you will allow them to hold you, to rock you, and embrace you with strength and courage. Do you want to know what this feels like as you are starting to change that inner dialogue? I invite you to be a part of the Time to Heal with Wendy group on Facebook. Easiest way to navigate to this is just go to my website, wendybundle.com, and under Time to Heal, there will be a Join the Movement page where you can see the video that I launched on 9-11. If you want to see that, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, and I would love if you commented, liked, and, and subscribed. And then you can go to the lo- final step is join the community. Join that community. Join it. I invite you to be a part of this. We are changing the dialogue of what sisters look like. And I believe that in order to heal, we need each other. Yes, yes. Part of the huge process is getting back and coming back to ourselves. But sometimes it takes that collective love to remind you of who you are and bring you back to your heart. Put up a mirror and show you perhaps maybe a different way of thinking. Honestly, this happened to me literally yesterday. I was really um, peeling the layers of my relationship with my spouse for the last 33 years. And like any marriage, there's been ups and there's been downs. And because of the way we started our relationship, when I was 18, I got married, had my first baby at 19. It wasn't a conscious choice. It was a choice made out of guilt and shame for both of us. And fortunately, we have grown together. But there were a lot of ugly years and a lot of ugly times. And as I was peeling this back, I recognized that I had harbored some of these feelings and I really wanted and I yearned to allow them to disappear because it's no longer the dialogue with our relationship anymore. Our relationship's really good. And I described it to my dear friend as though there was this beautiful, there was this cake that had been made with excuse my language, but it's going to be the easiest way to describe it. I made this cake and in the batter, there's a whole lot of shit and you can't dissect the shit from the batter. And I baked it up. And then the last few years was this beautiful frosting with strawberries and all of the yummy, wonderful things on the outside, because that's our new relationship. Underneath there's still shit. And she said, Wendy, what if you stopped focusing on the cake and started to recognize that you'd never taste the sweetness of the frosting and the strawberries had you not had that cake. <sighs> Breathe that in. Yeah. She called me on my stuff. And that's the kind of friends that I have now. My friends call me on my stuff. But they also allow me to feel. And you need to feel in order to heal. Emotions are energy emotion. And so oftentimes we stuff them down and we harbor them and we hold on to them like some prized possession when all we need to do is let them flow and go. 
and allow us to receive something new, something different? Are you ready to let yourself feel in order to heal? Are you ready to start to change the story of your sister wounds to allow them to surround you in love, surround you in connection, and embrace you back into your own heart? Oh, what a beautiful process. And I invite you guys to come right here with it. Start that community. I I really want you to be a part of it. I really do. It's growing every day. And I see people showing up and being vulnerable, authentic, and loving and supportive. And that's what I expect. If you join it, that's what I expect. And if you stay stuck in your crap, guess who's going to call you out on it? Your sisters will. It's okay to feel, but we're not going to let you get stuck in that feeling and in your crap. We're going to let you hold onto our hands. We're going to pull you out. So that's where we start. Some of you saw my video and you've actually commented, I want that experience. I want the cuddle puddle. I want all that yumminess. I want the connection. I need you in person. We got some things being in the works, uh, being planned and in the works. Don't you worry, sis. We will have a retreat. We will have one of the largest healing experiences and events that the nation has ever seen. And that will be next September end of September. So just kind of carve that out. Don't plan on anything because you're going to be coming to Utah. (laughs) Just a spoiler alert. And the retreat will only be for, we'll only have room for 35, but 35 of you guys will be called and you'll want to come. And that will be in June. Nothing's planned definite, but we just know that the God download came. We're starting to open up to the details and we will allow you to have those details. I think on my website, you'll be able to put your name on a list so that we'll know that we want to notify you. One is called Burning Woman. That will be the event next year. And the other one is called Healing the Wounded Woman Retreat. And that will be in June. With that being said, can't wait to continue the dialogue, the deep dive, the discussion, on Illuminate Your Essence. Take care, my friends. Namaste. Thank you for listening. I invite you to continue the dialogue, the discovery, and the deep dive on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Also on my website. Feel free to download your free copy of The Five Steps to Discovering Your Inner Voice and begin your journey of discovering the truth within today.